Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Welcome to Kip and Tell, a podcast about kids in the hall that's here to remind you to always put salt in your eye. <laughs> we'll be reviewing every episode with witty banter and unmissable segments like find me the number for the state prison and are we actually sadder than the village people? <laughs> I'm Kalina McCordoff in London, England, and I am joined by Hans Seidemann in Prince Rupert, Canada. I'm killing my eyes, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> And the gruesome twosome in Vancouver, first of which is Stu Derricotic. I found Paul Bellini! <laughs> he was in the condoms all along. And finally, Trevor Record. Always put salt in your eye. Always put salt in your eye. <laughs> we really need a health warning for this episode. Um, so w- I love it. Today we are reviewing episode four of season four, which we believed aired sometime around March 1999. No. So let's kick off. No. What? It aired no, in March. No, I, I like I like the idea that it's we believed or like we're speculating that <laughs> we it know happens. we know for a fact we're wrong, but we did believe this at one point. We believed it. Okay. Yeah. That's how it's important. Right. So so correct me, Hans. Oh it's well, I'd have to pull up the Wikipedia oh. article. Oh my god. Of, we'll all wait. Of the dates we'll of the wait. Air dates. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. No one listens to this podcast to find out when these episodes aired. <laughs> Always check your date. Always, oh, never check your dates. <laughs> and never so this check your episode never aired season four of, or episode four of season four, October 27th, 1993. I said sometime around March 1993. <laughs> I mean, it's all relative. <laughs> it's just yeah, a, it's a casual close. nine months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So we have got wrong number. Dave, the governor, calls the wrong number for the state prison. Missing out on the chance to save an innocent man for execution. Uh, then we get the Spot Bellini Contest Mach 2, uh, which starts with two men drinking goose sweat. Good looking goose. And ends up in Bruce explaining how you can win a chance to have breakfast at your local airport with Paul <laughs> Bellini. And you stay at home while traveling to visit the kids in the hall. <laughs> uh, then we have... Uh, the hookers uh, do phone sex on the street, um, followed by the first of two installments of the fight pickers. Uh, first, they take on a biker and his goldfish, and later struggle to distinguish between two men in suits, uh, the guy with the marketing degree from Dalhousie, and the Woolworths manager from Nova Scotia, who once scored six goals in a peewee hockey tournament. You gotta do your research. You gotta. Very important. Uh, Then we have Pit of Ultimate Darkness They are back Uh, Multiple personalities Uh, Hecubus introduces us to his multiple personalities Most of which are like a practical joker New Yorker with names that rhyme with Ed (laughs) Ed, Fred, Ted (laughs) Um, And then we get a a good Brucio monologue About the sandwich people Where he lays out the ascendant ranking Of sad people that ends with the village people. I felt attacked because sometimes I look forward to lunch. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say uh, there there is a really uh, sick score to Bruce's monologue. It's it's a real like folksy Canadian mm-hmm. jam it feels like. Oh, I, real and heartland I think it's the shit. same 
It's the same one that is, um, is. part of his America monologue uh, sketch. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. It feels, yeah, it feels th- super, this is a recurring song. It feels super Neil Youngy to me, mm. which I really enjoyed. Yeah. Like there was a little bit of like uncomfortable harmonica, which yeah. is, you know, mm. the Neiler way. <laughs> uh, then we have Never Put Salt in Your Eye. Danny Husk now apparently works with the Ontario Dental Association and Kevin keeps forgetting that you should never put salt in your eye. <laughs> Never put salt. Never, never put never salt put, in your ne- always. Ne- always put, put salt, salt in your eye. Always, always put salt in your eye. <laughs> I love that mashup too. Like, there's something about the audio in that that fucking yeah. gets me. It was like glitch before glitch was cool, you know? Yes. Yeah, I would love to know whichever DJ sampled that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love a DJ to sample that in an actual like dance track. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's like, a non-zero <laughs> chance that exists. Oh, 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 always put salt in your eye. I oh, bet oh, you, it, you know? it exists. And then fuck the yeah. bank guy could dance to yeah, it. Yeah, fuck the bank I work for. Salt in oh. your eye. <laughs> salt your eye. Then we we finish off with Bauer bangs your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle is defined. Uh, sorry, Kyle, which is played by Kevin, is surprised to find Bauer Scott making himself at home, having given his mom an oil massage. But don't worry, he's a trained shiatsu, Mister Smirsch. Masseuse. That's the that's the masculine form of masseuse. Yes, is masseuse. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. Um, it's and, like French. And we we could not have ended this more perfectly, the whole episode, with a tiny Bellini appearing from a pack of condoms. Uh, Atlas condoms. Atlas condoms laid out on... Wearing appropriate clothing for a shiatsu massage. Yeah, on, on, Kyle's, on Kyle's table. So, wow, what, a, what an episode. I, I, I cannot believe my eyes. Never put this salt. This one was a Always hot put one. salt. Always put salt in your eye. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we've got we've got a, a, f- a few segments to bash out here, but I kind of wanted to bash the first one out with our fight pickers. <laughs> oh, go to jail! <laughs> go to jail! Do not collect. Go <laughs> straight to jail. You oversell the joke. Jail. You undersell the premise. Surprisingly, also jail. Over under. Yes. Uh, so I don't know. We all seem to have enjoyed this filler sketch, um, which have kind of been matched up in the same episodes, at least for the past three, I think, with hookers, Mm. which I think we've been a bit more lukewarm on. So rather than kind of bashing on them, because I do think they will have some uh, really, really good returns uh, in the next Mm -hmm. half season. But fight pickers, I don't know how long they go on for. So let's talk about what makes them work so well they're the good tasty mayonnaise mm-hmm. they're like the fancy japanese mayonnaise. oh hell yeah which first of all cupy mayo is my jam it's mm. so creamy um okay so when i think about fight pickers first of all this one in this episode with the fish is the one i remember from my childhood oh. where it's like i'll take the fish like for some, that's the one i always think of when i think of fight pickers also i love that we call them fight pickers i don't know why <laughs> i just think that's very amusing um okay so my take on this is that it is the most successful mayonnaise because it gets to play around with the format the most like Mm -hmm. with it's a fact girl you're gonna get it's a fact and she'll say something absurd and then we'll get a cutaway with 30 helens it'll be again a weaker premise and then a cutaway to helens and then an old lady will say something these ones they get to really fuck around with that it's like sometimes they rely on the props department where you have the like 
10 foot tall alien yeah. from wherever the fuck um, and sometimes they have the gag, like a sight gag with holding a fishbowl and sometimes it was like like the joke on the dude from Dalhousie is oh you didn't do your research and it cuts to the two extras and they look so hurt and disappointed <laughs> that he wouldn't have researched who has the marketing degree and who got extra points in their peewee league like oh beautiful it's just it keeps you on your toes in the way that a lot of the other ones don't wasn't there other to me there also a fight pickers where they he gave like a really detailed description of the two guys like kind of backgrounds but then it cut to the two guys basically just both in white t-shirts and they (laughs) but they did know who to fight and they just like took their guy immediately and it was fine they're there's that one, and there's one where they're like, I'll take the really good-looking guy, and you'll take that's the, right. like, the something else. And they both leave out Kevin, and Kevin looks heartbroken. <laughs> that, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's a... yeah, see, yeah. I, I think it's, you're right. Like, it's about that range. Like, there's something about this sketch that could have been as repetitive of, as I think we felt the other ones come out as. But, like, you either see it come yeah. out super mundane, where, you're, yeah, you're comparing two, two white men in suits to mm-hmm. yeah why 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 is a, a huge muscled man who presumably owns a, a huge fucking <laughs> hog holding a goldfish in a bowl i have no idea and bring it to a fight because the, <laughs> the fish was mouthing off or whatever <laughs> he was defending the honor of his fish <laughs> it's amazing uh yeah hans what, what was your thought well i was gonna say like the the Fight Pickers is really not so much like a sketch as it is like a platform for, um, you know, any other kind of nonsense. And so it, like, like Stu says, it has a lot more variety than some of those other bits. Like I think of this as replacing cops because it seems to have for the most part, we're not seeing as much cops in season four. We're seeing a lot more fight pickers. I'm, I'm sorry to say I've looked ahead and we, we haven't seen the last of cops. Well, but, but hopefully not as much. And fight pickers is picking up that, that, you know, filler uh, slack, but it's like, I, I, and I said this, I think, before we recorded, there's the potential that this could go on too long and become stale as well. Because, like, really, all Fight Pickers is 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 a setup that has any number of possible conclusions. And it's new and fresh to us, but, like, you know, like knock-knock jokes. It's right? essentially the same joke every time, yeah. The first knock-knock joke, exactly. The first knock-knock joke you hear is surprising and funny, and then you hear another one, you're like, oh, this is this is a joke, but it's yeah. different. Oh, I like it. But after you've heard, like, 12 knock-knock jokes, you're like, okay, I've heard enough knock-knock jokes, you know? There, there comes a point in the Garfield comic strip where you've seen all the variations of Garfield saying that his coffee <laughs> is really strong or really weak, and yes. there's no more jokes about coffee that that target but lasagna sure is tasty yep <laughs> but there are surprising suicide jokes in garfield that come out of fucking nowhere true. very true <laughs> oh i'm not saying that every garfield strip is the same it's just they have certain things they do like Odie is annoying john arbuckle is a is a, a desperate man i'm you with know, you i'm with you just, just... stronger weak coffee is is one that's kind of like fight pickers where the joke can only be told a few different ways. All right. Total aside, but John Arbuckle owning a dog and a cat as a single man is like, that's a real energy right there. Oh yeah. I mean, I guess to go back to the fight pickers, I will say what I also really enjoy is Bruce just has such heavy Mm. foobar energy. Oh yeah. Give her. He gives her. Oh, give her, totally right? gives her. I really her. like Dave's fight picker, though. Dave Dave has a very different look about him in fight pickers than he does in any other yes. sketch. And, like, a different energy. He like, has big stupid hair and sideburns. Yeah, like, you never see fighty Dave, you know? And this, so it's a good look. <laughs> yeah. He almost, he looks very close. At least he, he must be wearing a similar wig to uh, King of mm. Empty Promises. Mm. <gasps> what? Maybe he's the prison-hardened version of... 
Oh. King of Empty. Yeah, Fight Dave is King of Empty Promises out of prison. Now he's just fighting people on the streets. <laughs> Could be. Oh, unified Dave theory. In the continuum. Oh. I don't know <laughs> if I want to open this can of worms. He's also got a delightful yellow coat that I, I, I every yeah. time they come up, I'm like, wow, Bruce's coat is really nice. I'd really oh, like Bruce's it. Oh, Bruce's coat. I like oh, the yeah. idea that we're having fashion kith that we're like, oh. So. <laughs> Although, you know, the last two episodes I watched, I was like, <laughs> I could wear most of these Bruce ensembles. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah There's sure. one in where he does the, the stupid dance, and I'm like, pink shirt, white undershirt, big belt, high-waisted pants, 2020. Could happen today. So are we going to add a new recurring segment that's Tudor Boot? <gasps> yes, we should. Oh, well, we should totally do a Tudor Boot. Tudor Boot for Kith fashion. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm really sad that I didn't think of that for this one, but we'll, we'll do it another <laughs> time. Um, Trevor, did you have anything else to add? Uh, no, I mean, I, I like them. I think that they're good. I just am worried that they are like a limited, it's a limited joke. There's not too many other variations we can see. So I hope it doesn't get stale. Well, we'll, we'll see. see, or maybe we won't because in segment two, we will be unpacking. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, as an aside, I just want to say, I, I had a real quiet chuckle to myself at the idea of tooting or booting Paul Bellini's uh, oh, towel. Oh, yes. Oh, my the God. The towel. Iconic. Oh, clean I, I, lines. I, I, no, no, no. It. I we, need, we need to go back and see if there are different towels or if he wears the same towel it each time. It must be the same. We should have, we should have yeah, towel style, watch. Style icon uh, Paul Bellini. Paul towel Bellini. alert. Oh, my God. Okay. So. <laughs> Sorry. This is a fucking nightmare. Segment two. We will be unpacking the salt in your eye unscrewing that cap oh yeah this 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 okay just to check i mean i feel like i have maybe fallen uh, on the wrong side of history here but this is a classic right everyone knew about this yeah no or the sketch this one's a fucking oh i wouldn't say that it's a classic it's not as like immediately identifiable as say head crusher or citizen kane okay but it definitely it slaps like it's it's i think it's more identifiable than citizen kane i didn't have a strong recollection of citizen kane going into this project but i a hundred percent was like i mean like i said before we recorded uh salt in my eye was like in my top three sketches probably of all time before right okay so so this i mean it is well i mean i'm just and i've rediscovered some that i probably like more now that we've Mm. done it but like as a kid like it stood out as a kid for sure yeah watching this show as like my yeah one of my favorites for sure of all time there's just there's so many easter eggs in it um perhaps trevor do you want to do you want to walk us through a few of them and we can all sort of fill in you mean just how like Danny Husk is kind of like talking in the <laughs> background and he starts talking about how f- like fluor- fluoride in the water causes people to lose their IQs or something like that? Yeah, stuff like that. Uh... I have a weird niche one. <laughs> yeah, tell us. Yeah, he, 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 make, he makes a joke about fluoride. On the chart, it goes, the charts are labeled 1 to 12, which are presumably months. And then they have the months on the bottom. So it's like January, like J, F march but then there's like a d in the months for some reason <laughs> oh i didn't see that yeah, oh, that's yeah. Awesome. so like apparently both of the axes are months but one of the months has a d in it and it's just real dumb <laughs> i also like that one of the <laughs> the the points on the chart was 69 and i just said nice nice to myself nice 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 I liked in the background Danny talking about well, if you'll remember, February was a very different month because we took it off. And like the, <laughs> just the concept of a company taking an entire month off for no reason was delightful. But, to me. And he keeps he just keeps talking too. He's like, well, in February, me and my wife had a second honeymoon in Antigua <laughs> to Aruba. Oh, we, yeah. we went to Antigua. Antigua. Yeah, we went to Antigua. Yeah, it was delightful. Um, 
But the, so the, here's the other thing. I mean, I don't know. The, the main bit of that sketch is great, but my favorite part and my recollection of that sketch was just all the weird charts that are like, you know, the wrong charts or they're small charts. And I love... I loved that because it was just little tiny throwaway gags that the sketch probably yeah. didn't need, mm. but it, it was one of those rare instances where the throwaway gags like were plentiful and they helped with the sketch as opposed to hurt it, you know? And like at the beginning it's like the the sketch the, the whole chart wasn't even there. And like that gets you at the start and mm-hmm. you like you don't even <laughs> yeah. you have no inkling that there's gonna be continual chart sketch. <laughs> start chart <laughs> jokes rather throughout, yeah. Chart humor is by far the top form of humor. Oh, totally. I think we all agree. No, it's it's the idea of making like a dense comedy. Like Futurama was really good for this, where it's like it's not the main focal mm. point of the gag, but it's just something to sort of keep the the mood up, you know? Like I like in the second chart, he's like, Well, you can see here we had a steady increase up to sixty-nine. Nice. Or going down, depending on how we look at the chart. <laughs> anyway, and then it cuts to Kevin and he sort of rambles onwardly because they're improv comedians and Indeed. I like each day, too, how he's asking for help from the guy sitting next to him, and the guy sitting next to him always just, like, intentionally ignores yes. him and looks away, kind yes. of, too. That that man is actually the villain of this episode, because he could <laughs> he could just tell him not yeah, to put salt true. in his eye. But I feel like if he did, he would just get misheard, and then he, the, he would still put salt but in But also, his what eye. if a colleague came to you and was like, what did my mm. mother say about <laughs> salt? And you're like... <laughs> Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Fair okay, I also would like to perhaps uh, look at Danny Husk's history. How the heck is he running... <laughs> The Ontario Dental Association, given that I think the last time that we discussed him in the podcast was when he was in the episode uh, with AT and Love, where uh, he was found out to have been moonlighting as a porn star. I mean, Kalina, you kind of asked and answered your own question here. When you got a cock like that, the Ontario Dental Association <laughs> needs you on the board. You don't even need a resume. You just need a little... <laughs> Flop that flag. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to make I'm trying to think of a joke that involves like a lot of a lot of mouths and and a big song but I, I appreciate that you're laying the like foundation <laughs> come back to us we'll put it as a kicker if someone else can figure one out please please uh, so as much yeah. as we loved that sketch uh, we do have to choose our best and worst uh, with some sort of arbitrary rating so I'm gonna put Ooh. you on the spot Hans to start us off well, okay, best sketch uh, yeah, has to be salt in my eye. Uh, I'm glad you came to me first because, Stu, your your point about it being very jo- uh, joke dense with all the chart bits and every and all the other kind of background gags and stuff mm. uh, made me think that you know, it's like a fine meal, and and the meat of the sketch, the main course, the entree is the salt in the eye mm-hmm. and the recurring bit with Kevin. But all these other jokes in the background, you know, they're they really add a lot of flavor to the dish. They're like a seasoning, like uh, you got like a nice, you got like a nice crispy, crispy <laughs> like Brussels a nice sprouts Himalayan. And, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 like a like a crust of of Himalayan pink Himalayan salt <laughs> on. I, that I like that steak, your ideal you know? meal Anyways. is just meat and then salt. salt I guess. <laughs> no, no, I'm. I'm, I'm connecting it to the salt in the eye. Anyway, <laughs> no, I see. Uh, it just it's makes good. me worried about your blood pressure. <laughs> I'm just working real hard for this bad joke. Anyways, uh, keep, I just wanted it. to shoehorn that in there. It. It's, I liked it. uh, it's, 
it's five tiny charts uh, with months off out of five for me. And if I have to pick a worst sketch, mm. uh, oof, what would be my worst sketch? It would have to be probably the hookers yeah. doing phone sex. Uh, it was fine. Yeah, that, that, there just wasn't much there. I mean, yeah. This is going to be an easy one to follow up on just because I'm, I'm exactly in the same boat. Uh, never put salt in your eye. It's just, for me, so iconic. Um too many personal experiences that have mimicked this. We'll go into it another time. Um, oh, can we? Can we though? Go, I really go ahead. In actual therapy, go ahead, yeah. Okay, so when we went to Trevor's bachelor party in Seattle last year, for somehow I got insanely drunk, and the next day when I was hungover, somehow, somehow who could who, say who could how? Say what happened? Yeah, you know, drinking a lot. Something happened to me. The. It was neither here nor there. But the next day I was so hungover that I somehow developed like a blockage in my ear. And we still had like two days of activities, but it was so bad that I was both partially deaf and like my balance was compromised. So I tried to get Kalina to pour hydrogen peroxide into my ear to like bubble it out. And she panicked the whole time. So I'm, I'm leaning over and like blind with pain and she's like don't put salt in your eye don't put salt in your friend's <laughs> eye and immediately poured it on my face i was so worried about blinding him and it was immediately the first thing that almost happened it was just me screaming at her like do it do it it was it was so much it was so much and i just could not stop seeing kevin just laying face down on the floor i'm like i'm gonna i'm gonna blind my friend Gonna blind did, you him get, straight I, up. did you get it in the eye? Did you get did you get blinded? Are she you blind well, okay, so she was so worried about it, her hands were shaking, and then I had to just like berate her into finally pouring it in, and then she was so geared up that she just got it all over my face and neck and, and eye, and it was just like, okay, we're gonna try again. She's like, don't put salt in your eye. It's always at the back of your mind, man. I can't I can't help it. I mean, yeah. now it is in the front of yeah. your face. <laughs> it sure is. Um, yeah, and then and then worst, same thing. Hookers do phone sex on the street just because the rest of them were so good. Like, if it had to be like yeah. an actual full blown out sketch, like I guess it would be Bauer bangs your mom, but like not for any fault of its own. Just because it's sitting next to some really good ones. This know? episode is is really strong. Mm -hmm. Like even like even it, the hookers do phone sex still has a legitimate laugh in it. Yeah. You know? Like it's a it's a good visual gag. Can I can I add to that to that hooker sketch because we didn't get a chance to talk about it but uh you know not not being entirely clear when this episode is going to air covid will probably still be somewhat on our minds and it you know i feel like it was very prescient to a a covid safe form or covid safe form of sex you know so good on the kids for coming up with that back in the day <laughs> standing five feet away on your cell phone from the prostitute yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly keeping safe physical distancing mm -hmm. while yeah. you're on your 1980s huge cell phone anyways so it had that going for it Stu, what was that what was your favorite and worst sketch uh, I mean, I don't... So, salt in, salt in Your Eye is just such a favorite. Uh, it, like, I have personal connotations, obviously, now. Yes. Um, so, if I'm going to... That's going to be my number one. <laughs> so, let me give a, an honorable mention to... I really like The Pit of Ultimate Darkness on this one. Nice. I thought it was, was really good. I know... I know... Ooh, I, salty I, know that I didn't like of, it, no. Like, it... it it's the same gag, but I, I liked the dynamic between Kevin and Dave in it. I thought it was pretty good. And I like that it ends with, like, where did you learn to act? Like, <laughs> that just felt like a nice little meta joke, <laughs> which I enjoyed. I don't know. I liked it. I was happy to see them. I cheered the whole way through. Yeah. Uh, and the worst. I did. I sure wow. did. The worst is probably Bauer Bangs Your Mom, which is also 
a decent what? sketch, oh, but it was like, eh, it just didn't really shine for me, you know? There weren't a lot of punch, I like that, punch lines. I that like, it was kind of like, yeah. oh, this is funny because your friend who's slightly older and sells you drugs is banging your mom and your dad isn't attentive and you're kind of a shitty teenager. I don't know. Did none of you have like a friend with a hot mom though? Like there's, it's just such ripe territory for jokes when you're a kid, you know? But it wasn't even that she was a hot mom. It was just that she was a mom. <laughs> she was just a mom. It really, it was like, we know how hot Dave can be. That was, that was just a mom. Right? It was, it was a just a mom. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good Dave mom. <laughs> and Trevor, what about you? Well, so salt in your eye for us is no longer a sketch, but a way of life and a mantra. <laughs> <laughs> the way of the salt. So I don't know if it makes sense to rank it with the rest. You know, it's it's beyond that. It's a, it's ascended. Uh, it is transcended. Yeah. I yeah, I want. I, so I, I for the honorable mention, I I think I want to defend Bauer bangs your thank mom. You, I think you. it was it was really solid. You know, first of all, you get Bauer, one of one of the best Scott characters. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, second of all, you get another incarnation of of Kevin's insecurity. Perhaps the like the start of Kevin's insecurity. The, my my dad has been cuckold it in front of <laughs> <laughs> my alcoholic father like this is somehow yeah. good like anxious kevin i don't i normally don't like it but this was a good one for him he's got mm. good glasses i yeah. like his sweater <laughs> good style kevin. Sweater. sorry trevor we all cut you off so well i mean uh, there's not what else is there to say kevin's looking stylish <laughs> we've got a lot of bower yeah. uh dave is is looking good in his bathrobe it's a, it's a it's a solid sketch about uh, Kevin's insecurities. Um, and a little Paul Bellini for the cherry on top. Yeah, a little Paul Bellini. Does, uh, does Kevin get a toot or a boot? Oh, total toot. Kevin's I, got I a toot. toot. Oh, total yeah. toot. Bowers, Bowers Ensemble gets a boot because he's not actually a well-dressed man. Yeah, yeah. But, mm -hmm. uh, but the pink the pink, uh, the pink pink towel, or sorry, the pink uh, bathrobe that Dave wears. Yeah, his, also, his shirt toot. tails kind of flowing as he walked out the door was nice. Mm -hmm. Maybe you guys should explain toot or boot for people. Oh, uh, toot! It means you really like the outfit and boot. Like, toot, toot. It's got to, it's got to go. You kick it with a boot. Yeah. So, so it's just a hot or not kind of thing, a yay or nay to, to fashion. And Trevor, what's your worst sketch? Uh, and worst sketch I'm gonna give to Pit of Ultimate Darkness. This was a weak one to me, yeah. anyhow. I, I don't. Ooh. Yeah, I don't like it. Oh, we're enemies this episode. I think Trevi. so. I agree, man. Trevor, you are taking. Hot takes for this gang, but I'm with you 100% of the way. It was not very snappy. Uh, Dave was laughing at his own jokes, and so was Kevin a lot. Uh, yeah, it just didn't come together. They were having such a no. nice time. I'm with Kalina. Yeah. I, felt, I, I felt like I was with them, and I liked no. it. Also, Kevin's delivery of evil really got me both I found times. that... Uh, uh, go ahead. Like, the pit has been darker and more it's... ultimate in the past. This was a <laughs> this was the... dimly lit whole of of penultimate mediocrity well the thing that i mean that one didn't land for me also partly because the whole eds and freds and teds and all that it just felt very like who's on first and again yeah. a little bit amateur hour which is kind of my complaint of some of their like stage sketches these days Kev kevin and dave just wish that they were vaudeville comedians they just wish they were born in the era of vaudeville. You put Abbott and exactly. Costello. I don't as... put Abbott and Costello as amateur hour. I put recreations of them. 
So with all of our boys uh, adequately salty, I'm actually going to add in a bonus round. Hell yeah. Which also, okay, can I just point out before we go into bonus round actually, is that like two of the top sketches we've ever ranked for Kids in the Hall have to do with salt. Salty ham, salt in your eye. Mm. I feel like we've got to get Kith salt shaker tattoos at some point. But we, we, for again, for Trevor's bachelor party, we were tossing around the idea of getting him real drunk and gang pressing him into getting a salty ham tattoo. But uh, didn't we get vetoed by his wife? Yeah. Oh, no, it got vetoed hard. But then we were like, maybe we can say it's about friendship (laughs) or something. Like, it just kind of fell apart. We were like, no, 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 no. we'll just like use the power of positive thinking and it'll be fine. I'm going to use the secret to get Trevor a tattoo. (laughs) Manifest it. Well, one day, one day we will all get salty yeah. ham tattoos on our buttockses. Yeah, on our on our old wrinkly buttocks. Oh hell yeah! Our old wrinkly saggy buttockses. All right, and for the bonus round, ding 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 ding. As you all know, this episode featured the second Paul Bellini contest. Not touch Paul Bellini, but have breakfast with Paul Bellini. Uh, by spotting him by spotting him in the episode drawing a picture of him and sending it in or writing 3,000 words or more true (laughs) whoever wins gets to have breakfast with him at your local airport and you have the choice of two right you get the continental (laughs) breakfast or the Canadian breakfast with back bacon included while Bellini eats Mm -hmm. a fish because that is apparently all Bellini eats so (laughs) fire round we're gonna go through which of the two breakfasts would you choose Trevor. Oh, Continental for sure. Like, all right, the Canadian wow. breakfast that they present is just way too much salt and it's way too dense. You got your toast, you got your eggs, you got your two kinds. Too much salt? I feel like I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> Bacon, Get sausages, off my it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. Continental breakfast, it, it's down to business. You get a coffee, you get a bit of fruit, you get a croissant. Now, this is coming from someone who really likes to just have, like, some toast and eggs sometimes, but it's too much when you have the bacon (laughs) and the sausage in there, too. You have finished your transformation into the salty ham dad. We joked that you were on your way there. A little salty. was a little salty, dear. (laughs) Is it too much to ask for just a croissant and a muffin? God. When this is all over, we're going to see you, and you're just going to be drinking four liters of water (laughs) in front of us with most of it pouring down your unshaved chest. Soup in a bag, friend. When a man sits down at his breakfast table, he wants a coffee, he wants his paper, and he wants light fare to get him ready for the day. (laughs) (laughs) To aid in digestion. Um, Hansi boy. I basically ate the Canadian breakfast this morning. Like, I, I straight up, I had uh, toast, and then I had eggs, and then I melted cheese on top of the oh. eggs, and then I had bacon as a side, but I also had um, some, like, sausage on my toast underneath my eggs, which with that with the runny yolk and everything, Ooh. and then coffee. Like, I, I basically had the Canadian breakfast this morning. I would take that every single time, even though I do like a croissant. I would take Hans. that every single time. And if I didn't have room for it, I would make you know room what? for it. Just having toast with eggs and maybe some cheese melted on them, that's fine. Nope. The extra nope. the extra bacon, the extra sauce, it's too much. Uh, no, that's decadent. That's how you live. All right, so we are uh, we are one for one bold. now. Stu, are you going to be a tiebreaker? No, I want to go last. I want to hear what your thing is. Okay, okay. Well, you know what? See, I would also go with the Canadian 
breakfast. And even though I am a semi-vegetarian, but I feel like Bellini would require a full fish meal. I've got to match him in some capacity because mm-hmm. they didn't even offer the fish to us. So there you go. He'd be self-conscious if he's mm. eating a whole fish and you're just exactly. like I'm just, I'm just yeah, yeah. nibbling no. away at a butter Bruce croissant. Bruce like, establishes that's all that Bellini ever eats, though, so I don't think that he notices what other people around him are eating or, or is conscious about <laughs> that. He doesn't care. He's always eating fish. Whatever other people are doing, Bellini doesn't care. That is true. Bellini does really do his own thing. He doesn't give a shit what anyone else thinks. So doesn't even wear pants. Like, come on. Yeah, he's exactly. In he's, he's wearing a towel everywhere, yeah. Senor Bellini, if you listen mm-hmm. to this, please tell us. Please let us know. Send us one of our three fan mails so we can talk to you about things. <laughs> All right. I'm friends with him on Facebook. He's he he accepted my friendship request, and Aww. I've been too scared to ever say anything. Oh my god! <laughs> you brown noser, <laughs> Christ! Kalina. All right, Stu, you want us to cap it off? All right. I know that it was a dichotomy between continental and Canadian, but I'm a fucking princess, and I would insist uh, on the weirdness mm-hmm. of having the fish with Bellini. I want, I want to, I don't want to split his fish. I want to have a fish and I want to like savagely eat it with my hands in this airport diner, wherever we are. You catch a fish, you cook a fish, you taste a fish, you like <laughs> I it. Eat. You eat a fish. I like it. <laughs> Do you think if they couldn't find a whole fish for you, Stu, that Paul Bellini would be willing to split any of his fish with you? I mean, I know oh. what I dream of. That he, feed, that he feeds it to you forcibly, like, while, put... like the whole thing in one go. Come on, like I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm holding. I know how sad my life is. I'm holding out hope just that I can get a little, a little morsel <laughs> of that trout. A little thin. But honestly, I, I would, I, I would take my own and just silently contemplate my pescatarian meal with my talaclad friend. I know this is a bonus segment, but what, would, what do you think you'd talk about if you went for... Nothing. Right? I would eat there silently. Uh, yeah, silently. With, with my yeah, dong out in this yeah, towel. Silent. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you might you might from time to time go like, good fish? Yeah. Yeah? Mm. And he'd be like, uh, uh. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for our episode four review. What a banger. There is no more content. There, we, we squeezed that dry. It's literally been soaked that, up. That well. Yeah. Milk the fish. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. So join us next week for episode five, which will be hosted by our resident gremlin, Stuart. <laughs> Good gremlins. <laughs> In the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at KithandTellPod. Weigh in on your favorite sketch and enjoy some delightful gifts. I said it properly that time. I am very proud of myself. So thank you for listening to Kith and Tell. Bye-bye. Don't put salt (laughs) in your Hans. I was a real salty Hans last episode. You were so salty.